Listen, this is exciting, and I'm glad to be here with you all. I want to say a couple of things before we get started. One of them is, uh, first thing I want to do is uh, just remind everybody, we are celebrating Memorial Weekend here in the United States of America, and I know that people are watching all over the world. We have a lot of viewers up in Canada, also in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, so this is Memorial Weekend where we remember those who have given their lives in war uh, for our country, that we be able to have the freedoms that we have. This is especially concerning, we think of the people now that have given their lives and what is happening to America and what is happening to the world. Listen, in just a couple of minutes, we're going to be into this prophecy update, Perilous Times, and uh, looking at where we are right now. I promise you, if you can handle it to the end, because there's going to be some scary stuff tonight, if you can handle it all the way to the end, you will be greatly encouraged. Uh, but uh, we have a, a lot to talk about in our little bit of time that we are together tonight. But again, I want to thank all of you who have fought for the freedoms uh, that we have in the various places of this world where we have those freedoms. And again, we remember those who have fallen at as, as it is Memorial Weekend here in America. A couple of other things. I thought that our conference in Huntington Beach was sold out. I started saying that a couple of weeks ago. I found out today that we have four spaces left, and we've had four spaces left for a while because I guess I told people it's sold out. So we still have four spaces left, and only four spaces. It's the end of June, so it's about four weeks out. In fact, it's four weeks from just the other day, Friday. And uh, if you want to go, get them. I recommend that you get them tonight. Again, there's only four spaces left. You can go to hopeforourtimes.com to the events page. Uh, you will find it there. Uh, one other thing I want to bring up, I'm going to bring up the obvious. I have had this cough thing going on all week. If you've seen any of my videos or you watched our church this morning, I had a, uh, one of my pastors spoke for me. He did an outstanding job, Pastor Roy. Uh, just did a terrific job. You can check out that message on Hope for Our Times. Um, but um, later, not right now, but later, just did a fantastic job. But I, I keep losing my voice in everything I've done this week. Right now, I, have, I look like a chipmunk because I got a cough drop in here. That's what you see there. And I'm hoping my voice doesn't go out. I've took DayQuil and whatever else. I feel good other than this seems to cut out. If you see me start to cough or lose my voice, then I got to say goodbye because my voice cuts. Now you know why. But I'm praying that I get, I'll get through this. I know a lot of other people that are praying. I'm excited about this. I'm going to pray real quick and then let's get going. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. I pray for your blessings upon everybody that's watching this. And as we connect the dots, I ask God that we would find encouragement. Because regardless of things that are going on in the world, we know that the last day's events that are spoken of in the Bible point to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so y'all ready? Think of this. This is in the news today. It was reported by Zero Hedge. Some of you may have caught this. Zero Hedge. Kamikaze AI drone, artificial intelligence drone, hunted down human targets. A recent report by the United Nations Security Council found that a Turkish-made autonomous drone may have hunted down and remotely engaged enemy soldiers loyal to the Libyan general Khalifi Haftar. This bombshell report could be one of the first recorded instances where a Terminator-style AI drone engaged and destroyed human targets on its own initiative. Folks, we live in days that you, you see things like this and you think, 
Revelation chapter 13, no one's going to be able to uh, buy or sell. Uh, you start thinking about not being able to escape from the system that there is. And then you find out about this. If you're an enemy, an artificial intelligence drone is able to think on its own and go out and take a, out a particular target. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. And we're going to begin here in this passage, 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. The Apostle Paul is writing, he says, Know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. Listen, you listen to these characteristics. We see all of these operating in this in mainstream today, every single place you look, whether you're watching TV, you're watching the news, you're on the internet, you're looking at school district, you're looking at courts, we are seeing this everywhere. Remember, if you've studied Bible prophecy for very long, you've realized that there's two different things, two different places where it's taught in the Bible that the last day's events would explode in frequency and intensity like birth pains upon a pregnant woman. So you read these characteristics. Lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, no self-control, brutal, despisers of good. We are seeing this increase in frequency and intensity. Continues. Traitors. Does that sound like here in America? Traitors. Headstrong. Haughty. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Continues. Having a form of godliness. In other words, I go to church, oh, I'm part of a church, oh, I'm spiritual have a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. There was just a, 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 I believe it was a Barna poll that was done just recently. Many of you have already seen it. I've reported it here on my weekly, my midweek updates, that only 6% of people in America who claim to be born-again Christians have a biblical worldview. That fits with this. Again, having people having a form of godliness, but denying his power from such people, the Bible says, turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. Listen to this. Tell me this doesn't sound like today. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Always learning, never able to come to this. Amazing. Always putting stuff in their heads, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Wow. And now we, we all we hear all the time, well, that's your truth. Well, this is his truth, and that's their truth. Always learning, never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Drop down to verse 12 of the same passage. Yes, and all those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And listen to this, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. In other words, people who are leading things will just get worse and worse. They're evil. They're fakes. They're phonies. They're going to increase in their wickedness. But for you, if you're a believer, know this, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from your childhood, listen to this, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. A 
men you have known from your childhood. Maybe you didn't come uh, become a believer until you were an adult, or maybe you're watching this right now. You don't, uh, you're not a believer, but you're curious. Listen, this is the truth, and this will strengthen us and will get us through to the other side. If you know the Lord, one day we're going to be in this place called heaven. Listen, as we look at this message this evening, perilous times in this prophecy update, I'm going to give you six things just to connect the dots. So you can say, what are the perilous times? Well, the passage we just read, we have all these different characteristics. We have the spiritual uh, people who claim to be spiritual, know the Lord, but don't. It's a fake spirituality. Um, and people are going to get worse and worse. The evil men will wax worse and worse, grow worse and worse. So we have these, but if those aren't convincing enough for the days that we live in, uh, what could be some more things that convince us of the perilous times? Well, let's think of this. As I mentioned, I'm going to give you just six things. You ready? Here's the first one. I want you to think of this because this is one of the signs of the last days. Famine. Revelation chapter 6 is very clear. When you get to the black horse of Revelation chapter 6, the third seal, you have the scales that are imbalanced. It shows an economic catastrophe that happens, but also a day's wage for a loaf of bread. Let me share with you. These are some thoughts that came from one of our viewers that is in New York. His name is John. He's a farmer. And uh, John writes great things. Uh, by the way, be before I go on about this also, because very insightful, you're going to love this. And you're going to need this. You're going to need to know this. Um, I get a lot of emails. I read every single email that comes to me. I respond to as many as I possibly can. I want to thank you for sending, sending me some things. Sometimes I get things I never thought of before. Um, but I respond whenever I can. So be assured, even if I don't respond to you, I do read every single email that comes. I do my best to respond to everybody. But John from New York, he wrote this. Isaiah chapter 58, verse, or, uh, uh, 58, 8. Excuse me. He wrote, uh, Woe unto them that join house to house. Isaiah chapter 5. Also from Leviticus chapter 25. Woe to them that join house to house, that lay field to field, till there be no place, that they may be placed alone in the midst of the earth. The year of the Jubilee involved a year of release from indebtedness uh, and all types of bondage, Leviticus teaches. John writes this, all prisoners and captives were set free, all slaves were released, all debts were forgiven, and all property was returned to its original owners. That would be in the year of the Jubilee, right? The 50th year. Then he continues with his commentary. Every godless totalitarian system collectivized the farms, taking the small plots of land from the peasants and joining to the field. We saw this in Russia where Stalin collectivized agriculture. All tyrants know that to control the people, you control the food. By the 1960s and 70s, the farms produced little and Russia had to import wheat. By the 1990s, Russia could no longer pay for wheat imports and had to rely on American charity and the USSR fail. fell. Excuse me. Uh, Putin came to power and gave the land to the farmers and now Russia is the biggest exporter of wheat. In America... Founded under God's law, the land was given to the people in small 160-acre plots under programs like the Homestead Act. All the citizens had to do was settle on the land and farm it, giving incredible bounty and freedom from famine to, to the U.S. To us, excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. 
After World War I, the farm boys did not return to the farm, and farmers turned to large tractors and joined field to field. Again, going back to Isaiah's prophecy, woe unto them that joined house to house, that lay field to field, till there be no place. Wow. So in America, founded under God's law, the land was given to the people in these small acres. After World War I, the farm boys did not return to the farm, and farmers turned to large tractors and joined field to field. Then came the, the dirty 30s and the dust bowl as nothing uh, stopped the dry winds from blowing away the topsoil. Then came government programs requiring trees between fields for windbreaks. Then came World War II, and once again, under the GI bills, farm boys went to college and bought new homes in the cities under VA loans. By using million-dollar-old, or excuse me, by, by, I think it's the Dayquil that's getting to me. Please accept my apologies. By using million-year-old water aquifers that do not get replenished and irrigation pivots, uh, farmers plowed out the hedgerows and joined field to field. Again, what did Isaiah say? Woe unto them that join house to house, that lay field to field till there be no place. And continues. Around 1975, listen, this gets really fascinating. Around 1975, on a cross-country vacation, I was driving across Colorado, Colorado, headed east at around 100 miles per hour. John, you drive too fast. That's all I got to say. <laughs> 100 miles per hour. I saw a cloud of dust in the distance, and it took almost a half hour to find its source. There were two huge bulldozers without blades hooked together, drawing huge disc plows behind and off to the sides at around 10 miles per hour. Thus, the seeds of famine in America have been sown. God, in his wisdom, created a system where this could not happen as every 50th year the land returned to the original owner and debts were wiped out. But in America, after World War II, we turned our backs on the system that ensured the survival of the family farm called parity pricing that ensured fair prices to the little farmer. Then they allowed giant corporations to buy up the small mills, the bakeries, the butchers, and grocery stores. These operations would give better deals to large farms, cheaper prices on inputs, higher prices for finished products. They allowed a few huge corporations to control food processing as monopolies for today with record low prices to farmers for beef cows. The prices to consumers are at record highs. The small farms banded together and formed co-ops to market their products. As these grew, the farmers hired managers who stole the assets of the co-op and left the debt as was done with Agway and Darylia. In 1973, at a business outing where all the management people got together, I asked the manager of Darylia's Queens, New York plant, how he could pay his help twice as much as the independent producers did. His response, the farmers have lots of money. Listen, you got to hear this especially in the prophetic sense, and you got to need to know what to do. Note, as with all these crimes, they did not prosecute and imprison the offenders. Instead, they launch investigations, and after years, they find the corporation's tiny amounts compared to their illegal profits. Corporate officers just get rich and never suffer persecution. In 1997, the World Food Security Conference, I was the only farmer to testify before Congress. The head of NOAA testified to Congress where he stated that unless America returns agriculture to marginal lands relying on natural rainfall, that America would suffer famine. 
He went on to explain that America was relying on irrigation from aquifers that were rapidly depleting and that soon the huge farms would not have the ability to grow massive yields because the water could, would be gone. Today we see that prophecy being fulfilled. The western half of the country, and this is where it gets to right where we are right now, the western half of the country is in the worst drought in over a thousand years and water is gone. The most productive farmland in the world, California's Imperial Valley, by the way, which is just an hour away from where we are right now. Um, uh, the most productive farmland in the world, California's Imperial Valley, has had its water shut off. The giant farms on the northern plains have had their wheat flattened by terrible winds and snow and will not harvest much. The corn and soybeans have been repeatedly frozen and suffer from a lack of moisture. Down south, the problem has been late freezes and floods. Then he writes this, a famine of biblical proportions is coming to America because we turned our backs on God and his law. Uh, then he, he does say this, only it will be, uh, not be empty shelves that we see so much as rationing by price. Uh, again, I, I look at that and I look what's going on in much of the world right now regarding uh, farms and, and production. And you read what's going on in China. Things look bleak. Nevertheless, Revelation chapter 6 is very clear. There's a disastrous famine that is going to come upon the planet during the coming tribulation period. Again, I want to say this. A famine, he wrote, of biblical proportions is coming to America because we turned our backs on God and on his law. And by the way, I'm guessing that you have noticed that inflation is starting to really pick up. Listen, everything I read tells me that inflation is about to get really bad. What would I do? I prepare any possible way that I can, as I think things are going to start getting a lot more expensive. And if this is real, and I believe it is, I keep reading reports about what's going on with farms. Folks, we need to be prepared because we do not know the day that Jesus is going to call us home. We don't know how far we're going to go down this path until we're called home. So we must be prepared. Well, let's move on. So number one, we have famine. The second of the perilous times, the perilous signs, is, number two, hostility toward Bible prophecy. Check this out. As we think of hostility toward Bible prophecy, think of it this way, hostility toward Jesus Christ. And here it is. You ready for this? Hostility toward the second coming of Christ. Check out this picture. There you go. If Jesus returns, kill him again. Wow. UndoJesus.org. There, that seems to be the sentiment of so many people right now. I mean, let that sink in as you think of that picture. If Jesus returns, kill him again. Do people really think like that? Yes, they are really thinking like that. Yes, that is real. Uh, think of this. It was a, a Sir Isaac Newton who said, and I've quoted this many times in, in the past. He said this. Sir Isaac Newton, from 1642 to 1727 he lived, he said this, About the time of the end, a body of men will be raised up who will turn their attention to the prophecies and insist upon their literal interpretation, get this, in the, in the midst of much clamor and opposition. I say, no kidding. Uh, you better you better believe it. There is much clamor and opposition right now to Jesus coming back. You already saw the previous picture up there. If Jesus comes back, kill him again. Unbelievable these things are being said. This is real. This is really going on out there. But thinking of Isaac Newton's words, think of this. And thinking of that other sign, 
think of the one you just saw. Think of this, 2 Peter chapter 3, Peter writes this, Beloved, I now write to you the second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of remember, that you may be mindful of the words which are spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment to, of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, verse 3, 2 Peter chapter 3, knowing this first, the scoffers, mockers, People who, who make fun of you for believing that Jesus is coming again or teaching that, believing Bible prophecy. Now scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lusts and saying, where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. In other words, We've heard all those stories before. We used to go to church, and we used to hear Jesus coming again. We, heard, we remember seeing that movie series or reading the books, Left Behind series. That stuff's just that stuff's for kindergartners. Those are all myths. You can't really believe that stuff. The scoffers, they are increasing. In fact, they are increasing at an alarming rate. But then it continues. For this they willfully forget. In other words, they purposely forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water. You don't really believe in the flood. I know I was taught that. We used to go to the church. We used to go to your church. We used to believe that. But listen, let's just all get along. And, and those stories that were missing, even the story about the flood, it's talking about church people. This is what it's talking about. But the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Peter says, listen, you don't have to believe it. The mockers are going to increase regarding the second coming of Christ in the last days. They're going to laugh at you if you believe that Jesus is coming again and you teach that sort of thing. But he said, I'm telling you something. This world is being reserved for judgment of ungodly men. It is coming. And we have all these different signs of perilous times. Number three, what else would there be? Think of this. Ready? Wars and rumors of wars. Where do we read about wars and rumors of wars when it comes to Bible prophecy? I'll tell you where we read about it. Uh, Jesus told us about wars and rumors of wars. He said this. Verse 3, Matthew chapter 24. Now as Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? In other words, when are you coming again? And the end of the age as we know it. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Folks, we live in an age of great deception. By the way, have you noticed like everything is global now? Uh, not just uh, the global government kind of talk, the wars and rumors of wars, we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, Anti-Semitism, it's, it's, it's a global thing that's happening right now, right? There's great deception that's taking place. Lies are everywhere. We have the truth of God's word. You need to hold on to this truth because everything is telling us right now, don't believe this and you're mocked, you're made fun of if you're staying true to God's word. Stay true, because it's going to go exactly as, it's going the way Jesus said it would, it's going the way the Bible said it would, Old, Old Testament prophets and New Testament too, it's going exactly the way God said it would, and we can trust in it. So we have the signs, so we can know how it is going to end. 
continues. Many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Many are going to say, I, just real simple, I'm the way. Follow me. I've got the answers. We hear that all the time. And you will hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. What Jesus is saying here, he lists nation against nation, Greek word ethnos, we get our English word ethnic, means people group against people group. Man, look at what's happening with racial wars right now in America. Just talk on, on excuse me, media. You start to see what's happening all over the place. Uh, the political, the, the people group against people group, the political groups are taking place. All over the world these things are happening. Um, wherever you live, I'm reading from my viewers in Canada. Unbelievable what's happening up there in Canada. Wow. Be strong in the Lord up there. Jesus is coming again. Be encouraged. But you look at all these different things that are taking place. And then we opened up with famine. Here, Jesus said there will be famines. And these are the beginning of sorrows. In other words, increasing like birth pains. In frequency and intensity. Closer you get to having the baby, I've been told by women, closer you get to having the baby, the more the birth signs increase in pain and in frequency. They come faster and faster together. We're watching that. Okay, don't stop here. In this same passage, the wars and rumors, wars, he said these things must always be. In other words, there's always going to be famines, earthquakes, pestilences, nation against nation, there will all be wars and rumors, wars. But in the last days, these will grow like birth pains exponentially. We are watching that. I want you to consider just this one regarding China. Look at this. There's a tweet just uh, today or yesterday, I believe it was, uh, just yesterday, breaking the CCP, that'd be Chinese Communist Party, threats nuclear strikes on the U.S. after U.S. announces investigation into origin of CCP virus. Quote, our nuclear missiles must be so numerous that the United States elite will tremble at the thought of military confrontation with China at that time. <coughs> Look, folks, that is radical. That is a, so Jesus said there will be wars and rumors of war. That is a rumor war. That is a serious threat. But I want you to think of this, is that in the, again, they're like birth pains. So in the last days, these would increase in, in enormity. Never before in the history of the world has it been possible to completely eliminate a nation, an entire country, a massive country, until now. You used to have threats of, of war. You might take a city and then you conquer that city or something like that, and then you take over the country that way. But now the threats of war are so massive, we will take out entire land masses. Wow. So China threatening that? Folks, this is just another sign of where we are. And that's not only there. You look at what's going on with Russia. We look at the entire Middle East, which we're going to get here uh, to here in just about uh, 30 seconds. But you look at all these different things that are taking place. And um, folks, we live in this world where Jesus says you get wars and rumors of wars increasing the frequency like pregnancy pains upon a woman. Jesus is coming soon. Again, think of it. Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, we opened up with all those different characters, characteristics. And the last days, perilous times would come. And all those characteristics were listed, including people who claim to know the Lord and being all spiritual. Uh, but they do not stay away from that type of thing. Evil men waxing worse and worse, scoffers in the last days, all these different things we have seen already, and there are a lot of them. What else do we have? 
Ready? Here's a big one. Number four. And remember, there's only six. <clears throat> there's only six. So here it is. Uh, number four is Israel. Um, okay, I'm going to show you a video right now. And I want you to think about this when you watch this video. This video is three minutes long. You and I already mentioned uh, we're watching anti-Semitism increase. It's global now. It's not just localized to Germany or something like that or Eastern Europe or something like that. It's global. And it's, it's unbelievable what is happening. Watch this video. It's only three minutes long. On Sunday, as British Jews celebrated the ceasefire in Israel, violent extremists attacked us on the streets. As 2,000 of us rallied for Israel and for peace, including the ambassador, politicians and community leaders, an angry crowd of Islamists and pro-Palestinian activists began hurling abuse at us. A few Jewish boys who were trying to join the rally took a wrong turn and mistakenly walked into the Islamist protest. As I arrived, it looked like two popular YouTubers, Mohammed Hijab and Ali Dawa, were riling up the mob. It was terrifying. The boys had to be rescued by the police as bottles and eggs rained down on them. Mohammed Hijab then threatened a police officer that he'd kill the boy's dog if he saw it again. However, when, the, when those Zionists came in with their dogs, that was, an, that, that was an act of provocation. So what we're saying now, and I'm making it very clear so everyone understands, if those dogs come close to us again, we will see it as an act of aggression and we will kill those dogs, we'll put them down. Hijab and Dawa then led the crowd to Speaker's Corner and as the mob marched through London streets, screaming, we'll find some Jews, we want their blood, the police did nothing. Let that sink in. They're calling for our literal blood, and the police are just strolling alongside them. We'll find some Jews there! Not the Zionists, not the blood! This is the nice anti-Jewish edition. A couple of hours later, we were violently assaulted, leaving a kosher restaurant in an anti-Semitic attack. I hate to say this, but I'm not sure there's a future for Jews in this country. We're being attacked on the streets by extremists, and the police do nothing. The difference between us and them is that for them, they think life begins. For us, we believe that death begins. We believe that life begins at death. We don't care about death. We love death. And if you think that our people in Palestine or across the Arab and Muslim world After a pro-Palestinian convoy drove through a Jewish neighborhood threatening to rape Jewish women and children, this odious pair drove to that same neighborhood, Gelders Green, broadcasting inflammatory messages on the side of a lorry. In summary, the UK doesn't feel like a safe place for Jews anymore. Wow. You look at that. Listen, we are watching what you just saw. We're watching this type of thing take place on global scale. I don't live too far from Los Angeles, and uh, I've been talking with some of my Jewish friends there and also watching things that are appearing on social media. 
um, seeing things happening on the east coast of America, seeing things play, taking place in the UK. I'm hearing down in Australia, Canada, these things have been going on. Um, so I'm watching these different things. Again, this is global. Unbelievable. Check out this next slide I have up here. This is courtesy of Stephen Israel on Instagram. 4,000 Palestinians killed in Syria. Consider these numbers. 17,000 civilians killed in Yemen. 20,000 Kurds killed by Turkey. 1 million Uyghur Muslims facing genocide in China. By the way, let me stop with the Uyghur Muslims right, right there just for a second. You, Gabe, can you just leave the slide up there for a minute? That's okay. So you see that, 1 million Uyghur Muslims. These are Muslims in China. Or who are, they're like concentration camps. These things are awful, what's happening to them. Uh, yet here in America, you look at what's going on with sports stars and uh, entire organizations that just turned a blind eye to this because of the popularity and the money that is coming from China. Listen, and the government. I can't leave out the United States government in all of this. You look at that. One million Muslims facing genocide in China. Now look at the bottom here. If it's only the 80 civilians killed in Gaza due to Israel taking out Hamas terrorists that get you fired up, then maybe you've been influenced by Jew hatred. I say that it's spot on because this is a problem. Everything else is being ignored. Uh, Iran doesn't care what's happening to the Palestinian people. Hamas puts the Palestinian people in harm's way. And you look at these things, you go, what in the world is really going on? These things are taking place with anti-Semitism. It's demonic. It's demonic. Listen, Jesus said he's going to come back and he's going to rule from Jerusalem and the Jewish people are going to be there. Check out this next slide. If you followed me for a while, you probably have seen this before. There it is, right? This tiny, the, the green is the Arab world, and that tiny speck is Israel. See that tiny speck with a little square around it? And, and we're constantly hearing that the Jews have no right to the land. They need to be, they have too much land. Uh, it's, just, it's just absurd. So what in the world is really going on? This is what God tells us in Zechariah chapter 12. Consider these words. The burden of the word of the Lord against Israel, thus says the Lord, who stretches out the heavens, lays the foundations of the earth, and forms the spirit of man within him. Listen to what God says. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. Verse 3, Zechariah chapter 12. And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces, though all the nations of the earth are gathered against Jerusalem. Wow, a cup of trembling. It is a very heavy stone for all of the nations. This is a problem. But this is what God says is going to happen in the last days and makes you wonder where we are. I want to give you a little bit of encouragement before uh, we move on to the next thing, we only have a couple of more after this, it is consider these words, and this is from Amos chapter 9. God says this, I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit from them. I will plant them in their land, and no longer shall they be pulled up from the land that I have given them, says the Lord. They will no longer be uprooted. They will no longer be pulled up. 
I will plant them in the land. They're going to be back in the land. They will not be pulled up from the land. I have planted them there. Folks, we live in these days, and we are watching what's happening. Jerusalem is this cup of trembling. It's a very heavy stone for all of the world, though all of the world is gathered against it. Folks, think about this and the days that we live in. By the way, one more verse before we move on. Also in Amos, Amos chapter 3, verse 7, the Bible says this, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. A lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? God has spoken. The lion of the tribe of Judah has roared. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. Listen, he reveals his prophetic secrets right here in his word. There's 106 prophecies regarding the first coming of Christ, David Reagan says, on the conservative side. Some will say there's over 300 but a lot of those prophecies are, are uh, duplicated. So David Reagan says there's 106 and Jesus fulfilled every one of them. Joel Rosenberg said there's eight times as many prophecies of the second coming of Christ as there were of his first coming. That would mean there's over 800 prophecies in the Bible regarding the second coming of Christ. Lo uh, folks, we are watching all of these prophecies come together. They're signs and they all point to the second coming of Christ. The prophecies themselves are fulfilled during the tribulation and on into the millennial kingdom and when Jesus comes back. So if we're watching these things take place now, how soon it must be before the Lord uh, comes and calls us home. Uh, folks, we need to be ready. Let me fix my mic here. Uh, there we go. I'm looking at this. They will not be uprooted. Jerusalem has become a, uh, a cup of trembling and a burdensome stone. Um, but Jesus is coming. Ready? Just two more. Those must. Just two more. Ready? Number five, the Temple Mount. I want you to think of this. Regardless, if you believe that the Temple was on the Temple Mount, that's where I believe it was, I believe it's going back there. Or if you believe that the Temple was in the City of David, I know some people believe it was in the City of David. I've been to the City of David a lot of times. I have my own opinion about it. Um, but regardless, whether you believe the temple was on the Temple Mount or the temple was on the, in the city of David, regardless, the Temple Mount is the bullseye right now for what is taking place. Perhaps some of you saw this picture. I posted it on my Instagram uh, just, a, a, I think, a couple of weeks back. Um, it looks like the Temple Mount is on fire. What's happening here, again, this is about two weeks ago, uh, is with the riots that were breaking out on the Temple Mount before the, the rockets really started to uh, be fired at Israel. Some were going by then, but not, that, not a lot yet. Massive riots were taking place, and uh, some fireworks were on the Temple Mount, and they lit a tree on fire. It looks like everything's burning there. But, uh, but, I, but I just find this interesting. Well, what we hear from the Western media is that the Jews have no right to worship on the Temple Mount, uh, and so they're not, they shouldn't even be there. Listen, it's been that way since 1967, folks. Uh, it's not like the Jews are going up there and praying. Listen, when I go to Jerusalem, I know, I know there's something. If you're Jew or Gentile, you aren't going up on the Temple Mount. You're not allowed to pray. Did you know that? If you go as a Gentile, you're not allowed to pray on the Temple Mount. I mean, they can't stop you if you're walking around with your eyes open. and just. But if, if you're seen praying with your eyes closed, maybe with a group, can't do Bible studies, all these crazy things. 
You can't have a Bible on the Temple Mount. You can't have a shirt that expresses your faith if it's other than Muslim. Uh, you can't have a, cr a cross. You can't have something that represents Judaism. None of those things. The Muslims are the only ones allowed to worship on the Temple Mount. But you would, if you would listen to what's going on in the media, you would think the Muslims are the only ones that are not allowed to. Exactly the opposite. Remarkable. Nevertheless, the Temple Mount itself has become a bullseye. Now, with that, just two more things. So I want you to think about this regarding the Temple Mount. Terry James, Bible prophecy expert, he recently wrote an article titled Moriah, the Burdensome Stone. Think of Mount Moriah, right? Jerusalem, Temple Mount. Listen to this. He writes, we looked last week at the world's diplomatic cabal increasingly moving toward a consensus against the state of Israel. Since the time of that writing, the energy devoted by the globalist elite diplomats has increased in condemnation of the Jewish state. This is the nucleus issue to consider as most key uh, to where the world stands on prof God's prophetic timeline. The nations of the world, more and more, uh, moving in that direction is a general trend that has been witnessed for decades. Israel is always condemned by majority vote whenever such votes are called for in the UN General Assembly. But it seems to me that general trend has now moved into an operation in which the Zechariah 12 prophecy can be seen as pointed to by the prophetic finger of God in a specific way. Now listen to this. You ready? He writes, look at that prophecy, Zechariah chapter 12, the one I just read, right, regarding Israel, that Jerusalem would be a cup of trembling, that uh, uh, it would be a burdensome stone, right? He writes this, or again, quoting from there, Zechariah 12, in that day, I will make, God says, I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the earth are gathered against it. Now, this word gets absolutely fascinating. Just work with me. We believe that the ultimate turning of the world against God's chosen people, Israel, will come during the tribulation. In particular, that total turn against all Jews will take place, led by Antichrist himself, during the second half of that seven-year period. The man of sin will, at, least, at the three-and-a-half-year mark of that era, sit in the temple and declare himself to be God. The most horrendous period in all history will then begin as the dictator unleashes all-out genocide. It will be far worse, according to the words of Jesus, than even the Nazis' final solution during the Holocaust. In dissecting Zechariah's prophecy, it can be said that for decades, Israel has been a cup of trembling unto all the people around about. In the Mideast is feared, or excuse me, the Mideast is feared by the world's leaders to be the chief worry so far as a future ignition point for future, uh, for nuclear war. Israel, it is known by all, has its Samson option in which resides a nuclear arsenal uh, the Jewish leadership will be willing to use in defense of Israel's existence. And it is fear well-founded, both by the world's leadership and by Israel's leaders, because the Islamic-led neighbors of Israel declare consistently and constantly that they will wipe the Jewish nation from the map. Most maps, he writes, of the region that are held by anti-Israel Arab Islamic nations don't even have the Jewish state represented as part of them, so Israel is by any stretch already a cup of trembling, as predicted by Zechariah. Hold on, we're almost done with this. But for, for our purposes here, I would like us to consider Zechariah's words, burdensome stone. Think of it. 
it seems to me that there might be more to the statement than meets the proverbial eye. There is a giant stone in Jerusalem right in the middle of the whole Israel versus the world controversy. In my view, it is called the Mount, it's called Mount Moriah, also known as the Temple Mount. Not only is it the center of the great tectonic pressures that rub Israel against its enemies, it is the burdensome stone for God versus Satan and fall of mankind. The Temple Mount <coughs> is where God himself dwelt in the Holy of Holies. His Shekinah glory resided within that 15-foot cubed inner sanctum within the Ark of the Covenant. Mount Moriah was God's touchstone to humanity. When his son, Jesus Christ, the lamb that takes away the sins of the world, was sacrificed on Calvary's cross, the temple veil rent from top to bottom, indicating that God had provided a way for redemption and reconciliation with all the fallen men. Mount Moriah, he writes, is indeed a burdensome stone and is prophetically scheduled to become the trigger point for all-out satanic rage against God's chosen people and all of mankind. I believe God is allowing Moriah to be seen more and more in our headlines to show believers just how near we are to the wrap-up of this age of grace. And then he concludes this and says, So there is indeed a large burdensome stone to be considered. It is the great rock of offense, as Jesus himself has been termed by those who are anti-God. Look for the Temple Mount to be more and more front and center in the days ahead. And from this, just know how very near we must be to Christ calling us home. Wow. I look at that, the, the rock there. And then let me go back to this picture again. Gabe, can you pull up that Temple Mount picture? You look at that again. The, the Dome of the Rock, the gold dome there, it sits on this rock. That's why it's called the Dome of the Rock. And then you think of the Temple Mount itself. Wow, this burdensome stone. Folks, we live in fascinating days. Lord Jesus, come quickly. A very last one. You ready for this? We've covered, what have we covered so far? We've covered famine, hostility toward Bible prophecy, wars and rumors of wars, Israel, the Temple Mount. Now we come to the last one. Last one is, along with the title of the message tonight, is Perilous Times. Uh, perilous Times. Folks, this is absolutely fascinating. Not to mention all of the things from 2 Timothy chapter 3 that we opened up with that we didn't even touch on. And there were a lot in there. Wow. Think of the last thing. Perilous Times. Let me quote from Damon, Damon Duck. I love reading Damon Duck. Um, he wrote an article that was just posted today, Sunday the 30th. He wrote this, excuse me, concerning the Great Reset on May 19th, LifeSite News posted an April 9 interview with retired Catholic Archbishop Carlo Vignano. In my words, Damon Duck wrote, Vignano said, The Great Reset is an elitist effort to impose a series of changes on the masses because it would be difficult to get the changes approved if the masses are given a choice. The changes are intended to prepare for the reign of Antichrist. The elite are hiding their true intent, deceiving the masses, under the guise of creating a better world, protecting the environment, freedom, equality, etc. The principles they espouse reveal a hatred for religion, especially Christianity and Jesus. Their idea of freedom is rebellion against God and of the world. Again, this is the Catholic Archbishop Carlo Vignano who's saying this. I find it fascinating. That when you look at Protestants and Catholics, there are Catholics that are warning about this coming out of the Vatican. 
and they're Protestants that are loving what's coming out of the Vatican. And we have, we have this, this flip-flop of things that are taking place. Interesting days that we live in. Their idea of equality, writes Vignano, is to place everyone on the same level, and that is the lowest level of society today. Man is made in the image of God with the freedom to choose to obey or not to obey God. But the globalists intend to remake man in the image, in an image they prefer, and force man to obey him. Good and evil will not be denied uh, by the Bible. It will be defined, uh, will not be defined by the Bible. They say it will be, good and evil will be defined by them. Uh, Isaiah wrote that wrong will be called and right, would, uh, wrong will be called right and right would be called wrong. Another one of the signs of the last days. Wow. Continues. The Great Reset is not just setting the stage for the rise of Antichrist, it is also setting the stage for the, their godless world religion. Think of that. Uh, we have the false prophet, Revelation chapter 13, and also the harlot at the, in the last days. Interesting. Uh, then he writes, uh, I can't talk about the next one because I will be censored. So I can leave that one. Because, uh, uh, yeah, there's certain things I'm not allowed to say. Other people can say I'm not allowed to. And I don't want to be censored right now while you're watching this. Let's move on. Ready? Concerning the tracking of all buying and selling on May 24th, it was reported that the Federal Reserve expects a money system similar to a digital dollar to be ready for use by the general public in two years. You've probably have been hearing that if you've been following these things. I'm hearing it. Folks, it is coming. It is coming. Think of it. For the one, on the one hand, it's convenient. I use my debit card all the time. When I go to a checkout place, if, if they have self-checkout, I go there. It's just digital. It's really easy. But the digital system that's coming is going to be even more convenient. However, it's going to be way more, way more controlling. Huh. Just as the Bible said it would be, it is coming. The plans are there. Concerning a falling away from the faith, in the U.S. on May 20th, it was reported that an Arizona University Cultural Research Center uh, by the way, it's, it's, uh, I've quoted from this also, found that 43% of millennials and 31% of Gen Xers do not know or care whether God exists. They absolutely do not care. Only 40% of those that are 55 or older are believed to be born again. And concerning this, Dr. George Barnes said, the influence of the Christian church has diminished while the influence of arts, entertainment, and news media has exploded. In conclusion, walk wisely, the days are evil, and you should not want to be embarrassed when Jesus returns. And as I quoted earlier in the program, only 6% of people in America who claim to be born-again Christians have a biblical world view. And by the way, the numbers are disturbing. Maybe I'll have time to talk about it later this week, about the amount of young evangelicals, uh, young people who come from an evangelical church that are turning against Israel. This is concerning. Because that's the future, and that's now. Last thing, concerning the election, there are certain words I cannot say in this, just saying ahead of time, because I'll get censored again and cut off permanently. Concerning the election on May 25, it was reported that radio host John Frederick said Judge Amaro would decertify the Georgia election if it's found out that uh, votes were counted twice. If Frederick's is right, the struggle to get this to the Supreme Court the U.S. Supreme Court could tear this nation apart. Folks, I think of this. The perilous times that the Apostle Paul wrote about, he warned what it's going to look like. You look at just the things that we talked about tonight, and you might be thinking, this sounds like absolute 
this is horrible. Oh, everything sounds like it's coming. No, 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 no. You got to put her into the right context. So let me close with this. Jesus said in Luke chapter 21, he said this. Now, when these things begin to happen, in other words, all the signs of the last days, when you start to see them, again, Joel Rosenberg said eight times as many signs of the second coming of Christ as his first. So over 800. When these things begin to happen, look up. In other words, look up. In other words, you're about ready to be called home. And lift up your heads. That's a phrase for uh, with joy. Because although these things in and of themselves are disturbing, they point to Jesus coming. So let's read it again. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. You know what I say to that? I say this. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Listen, I think I have about six minutes left. Is that right, Gabe? Okay, my nose is a little bit runny. I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm going to try and do, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm on Facebook right now, my Facebook. My, my nose is running. This is, this, is, this is embarrassing. Okay, okay. I'm going to turn around for a second. But I'll talk to you while I'm turning around. Okay, go to my Facebook. I think a lot of you are already on there. I saw earlier. And on this message, send me your questions as quick as you can. I can't go back and look at questions that were from earlier, uh, but I can look at questions that are posted right now. Um, and uh, so, but when you send me a question, you've got to, you've got to list on here. Oh, I got to go to, I'm going to, got to go to YouTube. I'm not going to be able to find it from, from uh, Facebook. So go to YouTube and in bold letters, all caps, put question and then ask your question. You got to do it on YouTube. I can't get it on Facebook right now. So if you have a question, here it is. YouTube. Can't get it on Facebook. YouTube. Okay. Um, I, I can see some things. Lisa D. All right. I think you, uh, okay, let's see. Uh, this is just right now. Any questions? If I don't get any questions in the next 30 seconds, I'm going to have to say goodbye. But put it in big caps. Somebody said repent. Oh, that's the name of the thing. Repent. Maranatha, rejoicing in you. Okay. Uh, amen, Lord Jesus. Okay. Any questions? What do you think, Gabe? I don't use social media much. Okay, Michael Baker, but you're using it right now. So send me a question. Jessica, okay, here we go. Hey, on the next one, put your question all caps, or I'm not going to read it because I'm going to miss it. Are the Jews that already passed and, and don't know Jesus, are they in heaven? Um, listen, it's the same with everybody. Everybody needs to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, their salvation in no other name, under no other name under heaven by, by which a man can be saved. Think of it like this. The whole early church, it was all Jews who believed in Jesus Christ. But not all Jews believed in Jesus, but the ones who did, they were uh, saved. Uh, let me continue from there. Questions. Will we see an alien next week? <laughs> okay, Holy Spirit in me. Okay. Uh, another question about UFOs. Okay. Okay. Let me just deal this with UFOs. Okay. I'm guessing some of you have seen mine and James' messages over the last week or so. Think that's what's going on, James? I mean, Gabe? Probably. Okay, so here's the deal. I believe what's happening with UFOs, I believe, is demonic. I believe that UFOs are going to be used as an excuse to get rid of all these crazy Christians. As you watch right now, we're being labeled as a problem for society to be able to move forward. So as I see these types of things going on, what a perfect excuse or perfect reason. Hey, these, these alien beings are so much more advanced than us. Got rid of all these crazy Christians at the rapture. Seems like a logical thing to me, but I don't know that for sure that's going to happen. But the, we're going to hear a lot more about UFO talk. I believe we are going to. But again, I believe these things are demonic. 
uh, that are taking place. Um, I think I said the other day, I told James, it wouldn't surprise me if within the next two years, I think it was this I said, Gabe, I said within the next two years, I believe we're going to hear a, a, a president of a country or a group of presidents or the UN say, we have made contact. They're going to think it's aliens. It ain't aliens. It's going to be demons. Okay, let's move on. Uh, question, what do you say about people that say we don't uh, see prophecy in the age of grace? We will not see the prophecies that, the, that are in the Bible are fulfilled, almost all of them during the tribulation period, and then when Jesus returns, and then on into the millennial kingdom. So the signs point to the second coming of Christ at the end. So the rapture takes place, then the tribulation period, then Jesus comes back. So the signs primarily point to what's still in the future. So as we see these things begin to take place, what do we do? We look up because our redemption draws near. Think of it like this, Christmas and, and Thanksgiving. Uh, when, if this for Americans, you'll understand this. When you, um, you see the Christmas decorations, what do you know? Okay, you know they're pointing to Christmas, but you know something else is happening first. Thanksgiving is going to be happening first, right? Because the Christmas decorations come out a month before Thanksgiving does. So you see the Christmas decorations. You know they point to Christmas coming, but Thanksgiving is coming first. We see the prophecies. They point to the second coming of Christ at the end of the tribulation period, but the rapture comes first. By the way, in the rapture, we go up. Jesus doesn't come down to earth. We go up in the second coming at the end of the tribulation, Jesus comes back. So I hope that makes sense. Again, the Christmas decorations point to Christmas, but we know Thanksgiving comes before Christmas, right? Like that. The prophecies point to the end of the tribulation, second coming of Christ, but we know the rapture is going to take place first. Let's move on. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, I think I, I, a lot of... Um, Okay, we have to be interpreting the fig tree generation prophecy correctly because it's ramping up. Listen, it's not about the fig tree interpretation. You've probably heard me say it, um, uh, uh, um, Don Stewart, James Cadiz, Andy Woods, Dr. Andy Woods. Here, listen, all of the, without the, 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 the interpretation of the fig tree prophecy is that Israel is the fig tree. Listen, without even saying Israel is the fig tree, you look at all of the other prophecies regarding Israel, just eliminate the fig tree from the, from the conversation. You look at all the prophecies regarding the nation of Israel, we know Israel's going to be gathered back a second time in the last days. We know from Ezekiel 38, in the last days, they're going to be gathered back into the land, and there's going to be a war that's going to take place in the mountains of Israel. The war's going to come from the north. So we know various things that are going to take place, that Israel has to be in the land. When you look at the fig tree prophecy, the Bible says when you see all these things take place, when you see the tree, the fig tree and all the trees, Jesus said in Luke chapter 21, you look at the convergence of everything while Israel is in the land. We put too much emphasis on Israel being the fig tree. Remove that. The fig tree is all the different leaves, all of the different fruit, all of the different prophecies converging while Israel is also a nation. Again, there's so many different prophecies that tell us the Jews are going to be gathered back into the land at the last days. So that's that. Let's move on from there. Question, how can we be in the last times when not all? I'm not sure what that means. Um, do you know what that means? How can we be in the last times when not at all? Okay, I don't know. Question, how can I, uh, how can I be sure I'm safe? Excellent question. Um, I would say, 
John wrote in 1 John chapter 5, he said this, um, that, that uh, this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life. I have written these things to you so that you will know that you have eternal life. If you have repented of your sins and you trust in Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, John says, I've written these things so you will know. It's not by a feeling. Here's the problem. If you start to go off to the right or off to the left, you're not staying on that narrow path. You get in all kinds of sin. Listen, you should be questioning whether or not you are you ever even knew the Lord in the first place. Um, and that's usually where the doubts start to come in because people aren't living for the Lord. But don't pay, place your salvation upon feeling. You pace, base it upon fact. Repentance and what Christ has done and live for him. And then you don't have to doubt if you are, have genuinely uh, repented. Um, Boy, I get a lot of questions uh, uh, um, about UFOs. Okay. Are we going to see any of the seven horsemen? Um, that's a good question, Gabe. I tell you what, I'd like to answer that. Oh, by the way, it's not seven horsemen, it's four horsemen. The right on white horse, the red horse, the black horse, and the pale horse. Four horsemen of the apocalypse. Excuse me, seven seals. Will we see any of the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse? I tell you what, I'm going to do with that because I have a different interpretation on that than almost everybody I know that traditionally looks at Bible prophecy from the pre-tribulation rapture view, which I have. Um, I tell you what I'll do. I'm going to tackle that with James Cadiz. Um, I don't know when. This coming week, James and I, on Friday, we're going to be tackling the Ten Kings. I, James believes uh, the Ten Kings of Revelation 17 are all out of Europe. I believe I take a global approach. It's going to be interesting. We're going to have a disagreement. I guarantee it. And I'm right. I'm always right. Thank you, James. And then, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, with um, the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, I'm going to save that for Tom and James too, because my view um, is a little bit different. We're all, listen, I'm going to have to wrap it up here. It's after five. Um, uh, Ezekiel 38 and uh, uh, 39, tribulation, uh, or before. So is the Gog-Magog war before the tribulation or after the tribulation? I'm, I'm guessing you mean before the rapture or after the rapture. Listen, this is where we get a little bit confused. The rapture takes place and then people, and I'm going to have to, um, I'm going to have to close out. There's some great questions here. Um, there's a lot of questions here, but this last one. So this where, where there's confusion that comes in is the rapture takes place in people who believe in the pre-tribulation rapture just assume, or people who heard of pre-tribulation rapture, they assume the moment the rapture takes place that that's the day the covenant is signed with Antichrist and that's the day God's wrath begins on the planet. That's not what the Bible teaches. Uh, I believe the rapture takes place and there's probably a gap of some time. It could, in fact, James and I have talked about this, could be a gap of we don't know how long before the covenant is confirmed with the Antichrist. It's the covenant that begins the tribulation period, not the rapture of the church. That's what begins the seven-year countdown. And by the way, even with the covenant being confirmed in uh, Daniel chapter 9, beginning the seven-year countdown, doesn't mean the day the Antichrist confirms that with the many, that God's wrath, all of a sudden, that day there's, at that moment, there's massive earthquakes and lightning striking people dead and all that kind of stuff. That covenant could be confirmed. And then the 
the, the wrath of God, the tribulation judgments might still not begin for some time after that. You might be thinking, I've never heard that before. Well, prove me wrong in that. The rapture takes place. I believe there's going to be a gap. I don't believe the day of the rapture, the day after the rapture, the covenant is confirmed. I believe the world's going to be in kind of a mess for a little bit of a time. Some people will be totally rejoicing because the Christians will be gone. Um, but it's pretty topsy-turvy. But then when does Antichrist confirm the covenant? And then when does the tribulation judgments, the judgments themselves begin? The seven-year countdown begins when Antichrist confirms the covenant. But when does the first judgment begin the wrath of god begin after the covenant is signed good question prove me wrong in that okay bless your heart and good luck okay listen god bless it's been great being with you guys tonight i wish i had more time to have a lot more questions there were a lot of questions you guys gave maybe next time gabe i should just sit here and talk for three minutes and just take a whole bunch of questions for the rest of the time yeah that's not is that a maybe maybe i should that'd be kind of fun okay we'll give it a whirl okay god bless y'all be safe. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.